the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Studio A, he's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Andy Froyland. Hi there, and welcome to Lifeline, our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. Fourth Friday every week. Thank you, Mr. Craig Roberts. We get a chance to spend time with you, uh, our listeners here on KFAX, as we just uh, range all over. And and I think we may end up doing that tonight. There is an awful lot on our hearts. Uh, just, as, uh, just before the program began, uh, Pastor Larry and I were just sitting here talking about the various things going in, on in our lives. And uh, so I think it's best if we take a cue from the Lord. Uh, simply, He's had us immersed in it. So I think what we're going to do is just stay immersed and and spread the love, as it were. I know that uh, in my own life, prayer has been a key thing. We may touch on that a bit. But I also know that uh, Valley Bible Church in Hercules is currently in the midst of a series on discipleship, which uh, is keen for me. But you guys are also doing an in-house worship conference for your all your folks in worship and I know that you've been immersed in God's word working through that as well so um, we'll, we'll we'll just take our time and work through some of these issues and hopefully our listeners will be encouraged and challenged and uh, uh, we'll have we'll have a sweet time of fellowship tonight so there you go Larry Howard our guest our guest host tonight for the truth for today edition of Lifeline hi there welcome aboard hi thanks again uh, enjoy being with you always and uh, appreciate the opportunity and I thank Valley and uh, the truth for today people for uh, entrusting me to be on the radio with you well you <laughs> so. were the there was nobody else available. Well, everybody else wanted more money. Than oh, you. Uh, it was that's what yeah. it was. you were. You were cheap. Uh, maybe I should get a hold of my agent. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It, you know, I always look at this and I think, man, what a joy to be able to sit down and just spend a couple of hours gossiping about Jesus and taking a look at how He interacts with His creation and His children, and what a joy it is. And you were. I, I, I think what I'd like to do, Larry, is kind of start. with where you guys are headed this weekend, and that is this worship conference. And again, as you said uh, before we started the program, this is pretty much an in-house thing. This is just to minister to the folks who lead worship at Valley Bible Church. But the principles you're drawing out of Scripture and the road you're going to be traveling uh, with just the worship teams is something that is applicable to each and every one of us. It's not just uh, it's not just a worship team, is it? No, it isn't. Every, everybody's committed to worship. So I think that one of my favorite things to say um, to our congregants here at Valley is I, I'm on worship teams quite a bit when I'm not preaching, you know, mm-hmm. and so. Um, but I love to tell them the the, the congregation, to the the group there. Hey, we're a worship team. 
and we're we're leading you in worship, but we can't worship for you. Right. You need to do that. You know, you need to see the reverence of who God is and realize that he's the only one that deserves to be worshiped, you yeah. know, yeah. and uh, his holiness alone. And of course, you know, if I get going down that pathway right now, um, we can stay there for this entire two hours and the next time too and maybe the next time after that because all of God's attributes are built around his holiness yeah and so um, you know and those are there's quite a few of those attributes too so we could do this for weeks after weeks after weeks and I don't know if the Craig Roberts wants to give us that much time but, I, I, you uh, know we can we can always tie him with extra strong rope and keep him in the closet a little bit longer yeah and we can he, do that he gives us this so he can get a break but I don't know if he needs that big a break right you know? exactly but, the, um, uh, yeah. let me let me back the train up just a little bit and get a run start on all this because I know where you're headed this weekend with your your worship guys uh, on the holiness of God and you, you touched on it just a little bit in the fact that you guys lead worship and it it's it's incumbent upon us as the congregation to follow really right but what you know I, I can imagine there are folks out there listening going well yeah no we've got a we've got a great worship team man uh, you know it's a praise band I mean it the 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 performance is incredible and I use that word specifically yeah. I, I, there I, is a lot of Leaves that a bad is, taste in my mouth when I hear that. There's a lot going on, isn't there, that we look at and go, really, is this really worship or is this uh, a performance? And yeah. how do you tell the difference? Yeah, I think, you know, I think uh, the difference in my perspective is there's always going to be a, a portion of what you're doing when you're up singing in front of people. There's, it is a performance in a way uh, if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. It's a performance. And, um, you know, we want to do, when we're on stage and we're singing and we're leading people in worship and we're doing that, I love, um, I, I heard it through, um, sorry, that's my phone, my van. That's our producer. Um, <laughs> I, I just got mine, but see, my phone's on silence, so, okay. you know. All right, so, <laughs> anyway, so I think, okay, so here we go. So, um I, this was I read this somewhere, and then I think our our pastor uh, our, Phil Howard, who's this is I'm not him today, by the way. <laughs> you're just you're just a relative. Yeah, I basically brought this in, and that is that um, we have to remember as we lead in worship, we have to remember who our audience is, and our audience is actually not the congregation. Our audience is God himself. And so when we do that, when we do effectively what we're supposed to do, we become the prompters, I think is what we would say, and that you have an, a congregation of people come in and they want to worship the audience of God. Now, we get to do that together, and there's a, a certain thing that happens when we do that together that's different than when we're by ourselves and and you might say i like the by myself one more than i do the one together but i like both and i think they're both are very applicable in christian life there's been plenty of times i've been sitting in my own living room singing songs of praise mm-hmm. all by myself right you know i love it i mean i love doing that but there but we're the prompters to the audience to the to the congregation, congregation right so that they can remember the words as it were and I don't just mean the words of the song, but they can recall that all week long I've been on a job and no one's talked about God except in a demeaning way all week long. Um, our society today doesn't have any room for you to say what you believe in. If it doesn't fit their narrative, they shut you down. Right. And so um, it's a fast way to um, create a, a, 
a, uh, a gap between us and God. Yeah. You know, the, the, and everybody in society that doesn't believe in God wants to do that. That's their goal in reality. They don't know that's their goal, but that is the goal. Mm-hmm. Trying to separate you from the Father. And um, it's very interesting. We have been separated out by Him. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, right. right. That's the, but I think there's that prompting, and you, you're, what you're trying to do as a worship ministry, what we try and do. Uh, with God's help, of course, and you know, we're, our worship ministry is a little bit different. That, and I'm hoping that we're not that different. But I believe that we decided uh, twenty two or twenty three years ago that when we met, we would not be about just music. Okay, we weren't going to be about just music. Um, we were going. We made it a point that in the first thirty five, forty five minutes that we would spend at least a half an hour praying. Like, we're going to be about, hey, we're going to worship God. Maybe we could invite him to the meeting a little bit, you know. And uh, and that would make some of our folks pretty nervous. Those that were really, really good at music, they'd be like, we've we got to get to the music. we got to get to the music. Right. Like, hey, hey, we've watched God do this multiple times where we took on music that we are not that talented for. Right. Like our group, we shouldn't probably be trying this music. And then we would go ahead and pray through that, pray about it, pray, ask God to invite him. And then word of God, and then we get to music. That's how we do it. And um, we've the, our first, our very first retreat, we were taking on some music by Jaron Davis. He had written an entire incredible group of music. And we said, hey, we want to do that. So we tried, and boy, it was tough. Band was having a hard time with it. Vocalists were having a hard time with it. We, and this is our top vocalist. We're having a hard time with right. that. And we went to this retreat, and we started playing, and they started to play that music, and we started singing it. And our our director at that time was Deborah Giese, and she, she was blown away. We were all blown away, because we'd been working hard trying to figure this stuff out. Mm-hmm. And um, it just came together. Hmm. And, you know, you could go, well, that was just, that was incredible. That We, we finally got it. No, yeah. God downloaded it, and we've seen him do that multiple times and but i think that's the key i think that's the key if you want to worship we worship a lot of things in our lives right a lot of them are not the right things to be worshiping you know so i don't know i probably rambled on there a bit no 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 a great foundation for where we're headed here because it it brings up as i listen to you talk a host of other questions that i want to i want to run you through and we'll do so on the other side of the break but i want to address the issue of in what kind of music do you incorporate into worship and this whole notion at least in my mind uh churches that lean heavily on current cultural Christian music, quote unquote, uh-huh. uh, it becomes a performance and you don't lead your congregation into worship because the congregation is used to listening to it on the radio instead of singing along with it. And so they just kind of stand there. So get get to thinking about that. And we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Pastor Larry Howard from Valley Bible Truth, Valley Bible Truth, Valley Bible Church and Truth for today. I'm just kind of mixing things up here. I'm making up new words and sentences. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a quick time out. 
And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. We are back. Lifeline, Andy Froyland, Pastor Larry Howard. We are doing our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline tonight here on KFAX. We're beginning our time together this evening just kind of talking about worship. Pastor Larry is uh, leading a, uh, a worship conference for the worship uh, teams at Valley Bible Church this weekend. So it's just a private thing. But the stuff we were talking about beforehand or the direction that you are taking with this uh, worship weekend, as it were, uh, is something that is very applicable to all of us. And, and we're working our way towards that, uh, the holiness of God. We'll get there in a minute. But as we move along, it, it brings up a couple of three other questions that I know people, uh, I, I can think of this one church that I've been at, and they lower the lights, they kick the fog machine in, they play nothing but K-Love music. And the worship leader and a couple of other guys that would talk in between the songs would talk at you, and I, I'm, I'm always left with, do you always talk that way? Is, is this a performance, or do you really have that kind of relationship with God 24-7? Are you on like this even at home? Yeah. And it, it is that uh, blown up or exaggerated on the stage, and, I, and I, it leaves me wondering. And at that point, then, I'm no longer worshiping, am I? Yeah, I think there's a, a concern there is that, you know, we, we like to say here what I like to tell and, you know, I'm fortunate enough this weekend, I'm part of our worship ministry, but I'm also the executive pastor at the church, and so I, I give a lot of leadership in all kinds of areas also. But um, I thank God for our worship ministry team of people. Um, we have a director of worship ministry, we have an associate director, both uh, Bobby Swanson and Cheryl Miller, that's our associate. And then we have a team of people below that that are part of the leadership team of that. And they're, and they're super instrumental in putting on a, a conference like we're doing. I just happen to be fortunate enough to be the one that's going to speak about the holiness of God and uh, right. it kind of makes sense I guess with my pastoral role but um, and I I love that challenge always to be able to and boy what a challenge to do the holiness of God obviously but um, yeah and, the, and that and it's what I will constantly remind our leadership team of for that group about is that if you bring a song and introduce a song that no one else can sing but you and three other people I am I I think that there's music that is written that is definitely congregational type music. Yeah. And I mean it may be a beautiful song still. But right. if no one can sing it with you, then we're just all gonna be watching you. So you're now entertaining us right. instead of me getting to I come to church when I'm not on stage singing with them, when I'm not in the choir singing, I come to church. I want to worship. I want to worship. I didn't come to just watch you worship. Right. And that's we're back to that line of I can't worship for you and I don't expect you to worship for me. Right. But now if you worship him and I see that it encourages me to worship. Right. So like we were back to that prompting. Not prompting by just showing words on the screen, but prompting by going, "Hey, I know you had a rough week this week. So did I. But look, we're going to worship God anyway. Yeah. In the good times and in the bad times, right? we right. got some songs that actually say that. And there's a word of God that says that. You're supposed to worship Him at all times. 
So I think there's that. But I think choice of music is huge in worship. Well, there's Paul deals with that. Uh, Songs, hymns, and spiritual songs. So you've got the variety that we've we've been allowed by God. But also theology is really key in there as well, isn't it? Huge. If you... um, If... I'll tell you right now, and this is just my own personal things, and I have to be very careful with this because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus necessarily. And uh, But writers that write songs that just do a lot of O's in them and um, uh, repeat the same two words with O all the time, I'm like, you know what? I think that God is worshipped by the words chosen for a song. Right. You know, and um, I want to challenge. I'm not a writer. I'm not an author of music, but I would challenge those that have been blessed with the ability to do that. Make sure you write music that's about him. Right. And make sure that I know that it's about him. Like, you might mention Jesus' name in it, actually. Hey, gee, a concept. You might even talk about the Holy Spirit. And the song and and God the Father and those are that's when we go back to old hymnals that we know you know but even the new how deep the Father's love for us how fast beyond all measure what a what a song great song and I love the um I'm going to lose the the thought of it but um, there's a song out there a guy wrote it Uh, I just lost the song in my I had it and now it's gone so we won't talk about that anymore but it'll (laughs) it'll come to me eventually but it's it's the um it. It's tell me the truth that tells the truth about him. So the song, I think the idea of songs um, is to worship, you worship with those songs that encourages us, Mm -hmm. but also we're singing the truth about God. And so I've had some songs that um, while I've been on this watch, you know, that were wonderful tunes the the melodies were good the harmonies were pretty in the song and all that and i'm like but they're not you're not telling the truth about god right there's something in it that's not truthful so unless we rewrite it for the author you know and we can't we can't sing those songs and so we we're a little careful about that around here because we are valley bible church mm-hmm. and we think that music should be biblical based and so um we're, we're careful with that and, yeah. and it's not very often that we have to be concerned with that because i think bobby and cheryl both and the rest of our team are pretty careful about that themselves yeah. but they'll bring them one to me now and then what do you think of this song and i'll listen to it and go does absolutely nothing for my soul at all yeah you know, I've been, so, I, I have found uh, myself gravitating towards some songs recently. Michael Card, Violent Grace and yeah. uh, Love Crucified Arose. <clears throat> and uh, oh, yeah, I mean, some amazing lyrics that just draw you right into the throne room of grace. Colton and Company. Yeah. Uh, running Home. Oh yeah. my gosh! Some really good stuff out there, and not necessarily maybe worship, but th- the words are everything. Incredible, yeah. And I think there's, you know, you have Maverick City, you have these different ones that are are really pushing. But um, I, I, I've had to even say on that, like you have the top vocalist in the world in a room singing some song that none of us can even reach the notes that they're doing. It's right. beautiful and it and blesses my heart, worship. but that's not, I'm not worshiping with it necessarily. Yeah, so yeah. So while there's some great music, and I mean, for me, I mean, when I travel, when I go to the, when I go to the church to, to, to preach on a Sunday morning, it's a 40-minute drive. So yeah. I get 40 minutes of my hymns, my custom, <laughs> my, my custom playlist, yeah. 
by the time I get to the church, I'm raring to go. Yeah, you're fired up. I think here's a, here's a thing I would say to anybody out there that's part of a worship uh, team or part of a leadership in worship. Don't forget the hymns. Right. You know, I, I would say um, the genius of uh, Deborah Giese when she was here, the genius of her uh, was putting a lineup together. Because she would have hymns, she would have black gospel, she'd have southern gospel, she'd have contemporary. In every service, it would be like that. Every genre of listening that was there, right? Like old guys like me that want to hear hymns. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. And and hey, I love this Amazing Grace with the chains fell off, the new one that's out there. Yeah, yeah. But can we please sing Amazing Grace sometimes without it? Without it? You know, Give me the original. Thank yeah, you very much. I, and and so guess what? Our people do that. Um, I don't think it's just because I want it that way. I think it's because they see the validity right. in doing all sets of music. We yeah. have a thing around here called uh, the Blue Book Music. Okay, right. now that's that sounds silly, but my aunt... And her, uh, both two of my aunts got together and took all these old, old songs that we knew growing up. You know, like right. growing up as a, I was a little kid singing this stuff, and mm-hmm. I'm 65, so I was five probably yeah. when I first started singing these songs. And they're just old, some of them are Southern Gospel, some of them we don't even know who the authors of those songs were. Right. Some of them my grandpa sang that they came out of the 20s and 10s, yeah. you know, and you're yeah. like, who even knows what where this came from? But they were the truth about God, and they were heartfelt songs and so we've done a lot of those and that and we still do those songs so that's this old old stuff but the truth of those songs has not changed right and i'm thankful for these guys that can arrange and do a beautiful job of taking a hymn well in the bl- and the blessing for you uh because you you also get into the pulpit and oh, one yeah. of the things i've always appreciated about alistair Begg is his ability to draw up <laughs> love how he talks about oh, music he love it he'll he in court and and it's something that i was taught by a welsh pastor to incorporate some of these lines of hymns into your sermon yeah so it it, it really helps bring it home and at least solidifies in my yeah, own that's mind. part of so, alistair's a genius in that he really he is. is uh we've got to take a quick time out when we come back i want to i want to bring come back around to the positive side of this to what end all right so we'll take a yeah. look at that on the other side of this break quick time out lifeline will continue yeah. And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. Lifeline with Pastor Larry Howard. Our uh, Truth For Today edition. By the way, you can uh, catch Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard uh, Monday through Friday right here on KFAX, 5.30 in the morning, 8.30 Sunday morning. So you get a great way to start the day and a great way to get prepped to go worship the Lord on a Sunday. Amen. You can, I, I, you know, can I just say something real quick about yeah, that? Yeah. Whoever's listening to us, us please do that that this guy i mean i know he's my uncle but um he is he's just a man of god and you're going to be blessed by that if you just go and check it out you I really mean, are yeah. he's he's a, a mag- magnificent uh uh, magnificently gifted by the Lord, and he really did use that gift to its fullness, and still is. Yes, exactly. He's, I think he's seventy nine now. I think he's coming up. Yeah, man. he's he's going to be lapping some people here pretty quick. Yes, you can find <laughs> out more by the way on truthfortodayradio.org. That's a great place Perfect. to go if you want to hit the web real quick and learn a bit more about Truth for Today. Truthfortodayradio.org. 
org, yeah. and you'll get all the information you need. We are talking about worship uh, at the moment. We've got a few other things we want to talk about this evening as well, but we're in the middle of our discussion on worship, good, bad, and ugly, and we've kind of looked at some of the questionable. Um, I, 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 I remember, uh, oh, um, over in Vallejo, um, I just lost his name. Steve? Steve. Fernandez? Fernandez. Yeah. They used to have the worship team down and off to the side because they didn't want to distract you right. from, from worship. Call I mean, attention away from what yeah, you're supposed to exactly. be doing. Exactly. Yeah. And um, there are folks that will do that. There are folks that uh, I, I know how, how we worship here at Valley Bible Church. Uh, it's all great, but to the end... And this is where you're headed with your uh, time with the worship teams. Sure. Uh, and that is, there is a reason. There is, you guys have a purpose that you go to for all of this. And you're pulling it out of an Old Testament passage, which is really cool. Yeah, it's kind of fun. You're, you know, we're going to be on this, uh, the, the whole theme is the holiness of God. And, um, you know, there's some, it's an interesting thing. And, and, and you can, you know, someone can correct me if they'd like to, but, um I don't know that I don't know that I'll agree, but I think there's this uh, portion of the holiness of God is unattainable by us, but yet He said for us to be holy like He's holy, and so I think there just is a um, and, and it's interesting. We have books out there. We have a we have a women's conference coming up called the Pursuit of Holiness, and I agree principally with that effect. You need to pursue it, but I think that we forget that the holiness of God is pursuing us. Yes, you know, um, you would not have pursued God at all, and so First John four, yeah. yeah. So the the whole thought is that um, we're a worship ministry, and we need to be pursuing His holiness because we know He's pursuing us. I don't believe He stops pursuing you ever. I think He just is always in pursuit of His children, yeah. and He wants relationship. And um, you know, it's interesting is. Um, the Old Testament passage that we're using, that we're going to utilize, is Isaiah 6 out there. And um, it's incredible that um, Isaiah gets to be in his presence, which I'm, I'm quite enamored with. I don't know how that happens, but I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, lofty. I mean, high, what a, high and lifted. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you talk about incredible things on the Internet. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, Isaiah says I get to I got to see him on you know on a throne, lofty and exalted, and um, and then the seraphim described you know covering their eyes and their feet, right? You know, when with one set of wings are flying, with the other they're covering their eyes because they're they he's, can't see it. He's too holy to yeah. look on. Yeah, and and then you know his their feet are covered, and um, very interesting stuff. And then they they keep when you imagine this, and you imagine. That God created these angelic beings to fly around, and this is all they've ever That's done. That's all they do. That's all they do. It's all they've ever done. Yeah. And and he designed them to have eyes, but he gave them a set of wings to cover them because they can't look on him. Right. You know, I'm like, ah. It's, yeah. And so now, the whole earth is filled with his glory. It just is it's mind-boggling in reality. And then, you know, then you get into the whole... There's no one holy like him. Right. There just isn't. He doesn't have to compare himself to anything because he just is. Yeah. And we compare ourselves to him. So we always have that standard that we have to try and live to. And 
Um, I'm going to say now that I will never reach that standard here on earth. <laughs> and it'll take an eternity to do so in heaven. Yeah, but at least I'm, but I think, I think we have to be careful that we don't, um, we don't na- negate the positional truth that you are holy. Right, exactly. You know, and not because you, att- you did anything, but because the one who died for you has given you, he's clothed you in his righteousness. Right. His holiness is now on you, even though we can sin and act like fools sometimes, right. you know. But in worship ministry, we're reminding them, and I, I quoted you earlier the Second Chronicles passage where Jehoshaphat, it's uh, chapter 20, verse 21, I think it is, and there's a segment in there, he says that Jehoshaphat then sent the men Sing to sing right. and to praise the splendor of God's holiness. Yes, I mean, if you want to, if you're doing holiness for your worship ministry conference, you want a verse. Hey, they sing and there praise. That's what we're supposed that, to be doing. That's your mandate, right there, there, isn't go. it? Yeah. So what fun that is. Oh my. So that's the ends to the. You know, that's the means to the end. The, the whole idea of getting there is, I want you. As an individual, Andy, if you were going to be this Sunday in church with us, our whole idea is to is to bring you to a point, and God has to do this for you, but our idea is to prompt you to be at a point where you throw off all the other things that you brought in today, all of the, and just forget about everything else but the magnificence and the holiness of God right now. We came to worship, not each other. Not the pastor, not Valley Bible, not the worship team, not the worship team. We came to worship the King of Kings, the God of the universe. And there's none like him. There is none like him. And so um, whatever you're worshiping, it does not compare to the holiness of God for sure. And then remember, we said, I think a little earlier, there's a lot of things that are worshiped that we shouldn't be worshiping. We worship baseball stars and football stars right you know and i I think to be a fan is one thing but to worship someone is where you really get in trouble a little too far because you don't and and i try to it's hard to do because the word's thrown around so much in our society but the word awesome um i i have a hard time thinking of anything more awesome than god yeah so i think that word should be attributed to him only and then at the (laughs) at, at the end of the day really what you guys are doing as a worship team leading worship is you're basically standing with Paul and telling us, follow me as I follow Christ. Exactly. And it's interesting in that storyline there in Second uh, Chronicles there, mm-hmm. the vast enemy that had come up against them. And the first thing, because I know we want to talk about this, the first thing that when that is reported to Jehoshaphat, that there's a vast army too big for us. We're going to get slaughtered by these two armies have joined forces. They're coming after us. And Jehoshaphat doesn't call his leaders. He doesn't do any way. We better figure out a plan. Mm -hmm. The first thing he does is falls on his face before the Lord and start praying. Right. And uh, that tells me, okay, that tells me this about Jehoshaphat. And it's true. You can look it up in scripture. I know it to be true, but it tells me this too. This was a man who had been in battles before and he knew how, how those battles were won. Yes. It wasn't built on his strength, on his horses. That's what got David in trouble with God, right? Right. When he started counting his, when he started doing a census of his army. Right. God says, wait, have you forgotten? You don't even, hey, we don't need any of that army. I can, I can fail the enemy just by saying it. Right. But, you know, you, we do forget. Sometimes we forget where God has brought us to. Right. And so, um, it's our goal to remind ourselves as a worship ministry of the holiness of who it is we worship. Right. Because that gives you the perspective of how to worship now. 
If you forget about his holiness and you make him, if it becomes trivial, I just, we fight against anything with God being trivial. Yeah. There's nothing trivial about the Lord. And so it's the, it's a discipleship call to follow me. Well, who am I following? Let's identify who you are following. And then that, which I, I did this sermon last, uh, last Sunday uh, on, on the follow me, the discipleship, follow me. Mm-hmm. And I just honed in on the who the me is. Right. And right. Um, I was, this is an example I use. If you're in your home and there's a perpetrator inside the home with you and you call the police and they show up and they get in the house and they get to you and they say, we don't know if the house is secure yet, but follow us. Follow me out. You're going to follow them. You're going to follow them. Yeah. If your house is on fire and you're stuck in the second floor and a fireman comes in and says, follow me, you're going to you're follow, follow him. So how much more your spiritual life that's at stake and Christ is saying, follow you want to do what's right? Follow, follow me. me. Follow me. You know, and so I think, man, when you and so, hey. How do I follow? How do I worship a God if I don't understand his holiness? Right. I won't. Right. I'll end up giving him less credit than what he should have. And, um, and, and here's the deal. We can't even come close to it. But yeah. yet he said, be holy like I'm holy. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's Strive. striving. Sanctification process takes. Don't, yeah, don't, and we just go crazy. I don't want yeah. to preach my whole thing, but, right. you know, I'm, I'm a little bit full of well, its own. And hey, it's not even happening yet, but it, it'll be here quick. So we'll let you take a breath because you've, you've kind of uh, hinted at our next subject, which all of this leads into quite naturally, and that's discipleship. And we'll do that on the other side of the break. And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. We're back. It's Lifeline with Pastor Larry Howard, our guest host this evening for our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline here on KFAX. I'm Andy Froyland. Good to have you along. We're talking about a variety of things that are pertinent to us as it relates to our uh, our fellowship with one another uh, within the context of the church. And we've been dealing with uh, worship, what worship should look like, what worship is designed uh, to do, and, and how. And and uh, as, as you mentioned, Larry, just before the break, there is a discipleship element to worship. Uh, it's it, it, it's leading us, and and it's you you as the worship team as the worship leader uh, are calling the rest of us to follow after you as you follow Christ, and and to learn uh, from the music and and the lyrics and all of that. Uh, and and I know that uh, here at Valley Bible Church, you guys are actually in a series on discipleship. So I, I thought, man, what a great segue! Just to kind of transition a bit and dive into this issue of discipleship and why it is so important. Yeah, I think that um, you know when we when you look at Acts twenty eight nineteen and twenty, the, the Great Commission, um, we use that as a at least I've heard it used quite a bit as an um, an evangelism passage, mm-hmm. and and I understand it's implied. But the word evangelism is never used there. No, it's not. It's a, he says go make disciples. Okay. Well, now we know you can't be made a disciple if you don't evangelize. Get evangelized. Yeah, so yeah. We, we understand that it's it's it but is it's not left at the decision of uh, of okay, I'm a follower of Christ, and then uh, well, that's it. Yeah. No. No. And so um, we we see that, and we're we're looking at it, and the reason we're doing that series right now is we we kind of did a little 
inner survey between the different guys that do our preaching and teaching and stuff. And so we kind of did this little survey thing. We said, hey, um, so how do we do discipleship here at Valley? How do we do that? Well, you know, we have Sunday school classes and we're teaching kids. And so there's a discipleship element there, of course. But how do we do that in the adults? And um, and, and how do we know that that's being accomplished? Well, we would say um, probably somewhere around 50% of all the discipleship that takes place at Valley is done right from the pulpit. Right. Straight from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. Here's what the Word of God says you should be doing. Here's here's how your life should change. Um, we, we understand that we're justified. We understand that we're... But we also understand there's a sanctification process that needs to take place. And so on and on you go, right? And so um, I think the key there is who you're following. Because right. that's really what discipling is. It's following. And so... And this is what we said on Sunday in the sermon, I, I kicked this series off on on Sunday, and um, we, we kind of came up with this, or I, I came up with this, um, and was talking with one of our associate, our associate pastor, Todd Bolton, we was talking with him about it, and then I also talked with Tim Volstrom, he's one of the guys on the preaching team, and said, hey, you should either be being discipled, mm-hmm. or you should be discipling, mm-hmm. and then we said it, no, you should be doing both. Yes. <laughs> and I like to say that in, in my perspective, I've said this for a long time, you should always have somebody a generation ahead of you and, and a generation below you. Yes. And, you're, you know, the one in the middle is going to take care of itself because that's who you hang out with typically, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your age category are those people around you. And it, it doesn't have to be an, a chronological age necessarily. Like I say a generation above, I mean a generation in the Christian life above you. Yeah. yeah. And, and then you are going to have a generation below you. And then this came from a guy that came and did our men's conference, a guy named Tony Orange. He's up in Sacramento, wonderful speaker. And he said this, he says, when should you start discipling someone? When should you start to teach someone? And he says, if because what we have a tendency to do is go, well, I'm not a teacher, and I'm not this, and I'm not. But the commandment in Matthew, in Matthew there, is for everyone. It's not just for the teachers, you know, t- yeah. to to become and disciple people. So he just said that the time when you should start doing that is when you know something more than they do. Exactly. You don't. And, and to define discipleship as teaching or preaching is to do a great disservice it's, to that word. It's, yeah, it's not. That's not it. That's not the. That's, that's not, not the it. term. Yeah. The following. Look, look what happened to them. He says there in Matthew uh, four. I want to say it's probably eighteen or nineteen. Nineteen, I think, is where he says, "Follow me." And then the results will be by following me. I will teach you how to fish for men. Right. Okay. Now. There's a whole lot that goes into that. That's that I'll teach you how to tell them about me. I will show you how to minister to people. I'll show you just just follow me. Stick around me, hang around with me. Right. And it's you know what's going on there, Andy? It's iron sharpening iron. Yes. Then it had the purest form of iron when you have Christ there, obviously. <laughs> but but I mean, you think about it, it's like, hey, you come and follow me, you'll learn the things I do. And what did he tell them when he left? Teach them everything I've taught, taught you. you. Yeah. So I don't think it was always a Bible lesson. No. I think they talked about that a ton. Don't get me wrong. But it was watching what he did. If you could not learn how to have a prayer life by following Christ around, if you want to have a challenging Bible study, study Christ's prayers while he was on the earth. Right. Study that. It'll make you want to pray all the time. 
It will. It just makes you want to pray all the time. And that's a part of discipleship, teaching yeah. people to pray, teaching them to read their word. Teach On and on we go and learn something about the one you're following. Yeah. You know, I mean, to me, it's incredible. And you're, you know, Tim's going to be speaking this week on, we're going to speak on it again. But one of the things, one of the reasons I wanted to do this series and, and plugged it in was because, guess what? One of the other ways we do discipleship here at Valley for the adults is we put them in small groups. Yeah. We, we have these community groups or small groups or whatever you'd like to call those where you're going to go and listen, here's, here's how we do that. You're going to go and you're going to study the Bible together. You're going to learn about God, the one you're supposed to be following. Right. You're going to learn about that one. But also in those small groups, you're going to get cared for. You're going to learn to care for those in the small group with right. you. And then finally, there's an evangelism aspect to our small groups. You're inviting your neighbor who doesn't know the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I told the, I just had a small groups meeting uh, last week. I said, don't stop inviting people. Do not stop inviting people. Your neighbor that says, no, I'm not interested. You don't know what's going to come up in that man or woman's life where they're going to, you know what? I need to hear about your God. That'll change. It does. And it's just continue in the persevere in it. You are going to be, you are going to be persecuted in the process. There is a cost to discipleship. But it's a, hey, there's also a cost to not discipling. The cost in not discipling is greater than the one that you'll pay for, for discipling. And the one that you you pay for discipling, God rewards that. And he's the strong point in all of that anyway. So to me, it's like, it's a commanded deal. It's not like it was a, you know, hey, disciple some people if you want to. Right. No, no, no. Because if it's all about our want, we'll never do it. You know, unless our want is what God does. Hey, guess what? If you start being discipled by somebody that's ahead of you on the road, You'll see that you'll want to do things a lot differently. I've always, I've always seen it as uh, finding the Caleb and grab a holding of his coattails, and then looking back and finding a young shepherd boy and grabbing his hand, and you, you just keep, you, you've got both hands full. I think that, um, you know, what's interesting. Um, can I say this? I think I can say this. It, what's interesting to me is when you get to be in your 60s or 70s you start to think there's nobody to disciple you and I'm like I don't I hope that's never true in my life I hope there's always even if it's just a um, oh we call a lateral move it's somebody that's in the same position of you or does there there's got to be a way we can still disciple one another right you know then it's the iron sharpening iron i i look at i look at my own pastor uh who's 20 years my junior but I, i i still look up to him i'm still learning from him there's things that i mean he did he did three years of seminary in jerusalem Oh, man. That oh. must have been fun, actually. <laughs> well, yeah. But then think about it, man. This guy has been taught by some of the best rabbis yeah. who are, who are you know, completed Jews, as we call them. Yeah. Uh, he's got uh, historical perspectives and views from a Jewish perspective on, on things that I have got no clue on. Yeah. You know, it's incredible, Andy, and this is just personal stuff, but all of the guys I grew up leaning on. Mm-hmm. Some of them are still around, and I can still lean on them, thank God. But I realize there's going to come a time when they will no longer be on the scene. And what's what's incredible here is the one that doesn't pass off the scene is the one I'm supposed to be following anyway. 
Right. <laughs> and that's Christ himself, exactly. right? Exactly. So I think I love the the interpersonal relationship because that's how God designed us is for the one another stuff. Right. And I'm just encouraging people, and that's what we're trying to do in this discipleship. Hey, why would you want to struggle through your wife having cancer by yourself? Right when you have availability. Oh, now you're opening up a whole new can of worms, and I don't know that we got the time for that, brother. No, probably don't. But <laughs> I can take us. I can take us down pathways that, we'll, we that we can expand over and over. But the discipleship thing is commanded by Scripture. We'll put a post-it yeah. note right there, and let's take a quick time out. We'll come back and pick up right where we left off. Mm-hmm. We're talking about discipleship here tonight on Lifeline, our Truth for Today edition with Pastor Larry Howard. And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It's Lifeline, Truth For Today edition. And Pastor Larry Howard is our guest tonight. He, well, he's our guest host. Uh, you're, yours truly, the moderator here tonight. Um, we are currently talking about discipleship and what discipleship looks like. Valley Bible Church in Hercules is currently in the middle of a series on discipleship. Yeah. So it's it's really top of mind and uh, fresh in your own heart as you work through all this. The one thing Larry, I usually get challenged with is, is this something that we have to plan out? Is it, you know, okay, well, here's our discipleship program. We're going to do A, B, C, and D. We're going to do it for eight weeks and there, bada boom, bada bing. Uh, uh, You're discipled and Bob's your uncle. Or is it something that's more organic that has no time limit or time frame? Yeah, I think it's a lifelong thing. Personally, I think it's a lifelong process. So I don't think there's any, if you do A, B, C, and D, now you're discipled. I don't think that is true at all because I think it becomes, um, if you had that ability, let's say you had, you could actually do that. Like, hey, once I get to D, I've done it all. Right. That means you have full knowledge of who Christ is. Yeah. You, right. You've got, you figured it all out. And I'm like, no, you haven't. That's why I think that you need other people in your lives, because that's how he designed us, right? We talked right. about that earlier. But I think that there's, I, I get a little, um, I'm a little bit leery, I guess, or weary of the thought that if you do this, 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 this and this now. now you like Right. Now you've been discipled. Right. Well, I think there's a responsibility from our end of it as leadership in churches that we're supposed to be doing that. But when did we stop preaching from the pulpit? When do we stop doing that? We don't. Never. Yeah. Never, because, you know, we could do Romans 1, um, and we could do it five times and preach something completely different every mm-hmm. time, yeah. and never and never miss what Romans 1 is saying. Yeah. Because depending on where your church is at, depending on where the culture is at, and I'm not saying we, we do things because of culture, but culture changes, and so... The same word you preached in 1965 on Romans 1 is different than it is in 2023. Right. And so and so I know because our pastor did Romans multiple times when he was here for those 48 years, and it was different every time. The word never changed. The applicational portions of it changed and all that. And that's where we do, like I said, I would say at least 50% of all discipleship is done from your pulpit. Right. This is where having the word of God in your pulpit is incredibly huge. important huge if you are if you're pastors if you're getting up and telling stories and looking for a passage to fit into the story you wanted to tell 
Stop. Yeah. Stop. Start preaching the word verse by verse. Go through a book. Go through the, and don't be afraid to go through a book of the Bible that you've never gone through. Yeah, exactly. God's going to give you what you need to, to preach. You're gonna, he's going to show you what your people need to hear. Yeah. And if you spend as much, I'm, I'm doing a, you know, a, a homiletics class right now all of a sudden, but I'm like, if, if you spend an equal amount of time praying over a sermon as you do studying it, right. I'm afraid what's going on in America today and I haven't been all over America, so this is a statement that I'm using that uh, is being backed up by a lot of men I respect that are telling me this mm-hmm. information. Right. What's going on in America today is the pulpit is waning. It's weakening. And Christian lives are weakening because there's no one in a pulpit telling them what the Bible needs to say to them. Right. You know, and so that's discipleship. That's that's the form of discipleship that you and I, Andy, uh, and and Phil Howard before us, and different men, right. Piper, all these different. When they step into pulpit, they're about to tell these people how to follow, and and, not, uh, and, and we're telling ourselves too. I, exactly. I want to make it just them, but, but it's but, even beyond just telling. It's exampling. It's it's doing. It's doing. Yeah, because yeah. you know, I mean, you know, there's a, a a passage that says, "He that knoweth to do the right and doeth it not, that's sin to him." Yes, and so I'm like, wait a minute. Do you know that you're supposed to be in discipleship? <laughs> do you know you need to be discipled? Because you know what, I will tell you. I would say. Not in every case, but in a lot of the cases at Valley, our people that are in small groups consistently um, are probably growing much mm-hmm. more than those who aren't. And um, I always wonder about the cost. You know, we talked a little bit about the cost of discipleship. Yeah. There is a cost involved. But I also think of this, and Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote this great book. Mm-hmm called The Cost Cost of of Discipleship. discipleship. And in it, though, he talks about the cost of grace. And um, I ended up, wasn't even in my notes on this last Sunday when I preached on discipleship. That I had read that book when in seminary, mm-hmm. and I reread some portions of it to prepare for that sermon, and um, I just couldn't help it. I had to talk about the how the church today acts like grace is theirs to own, like it's it's, it's our like grace. They deserved it, right? We meet out the grace. Yeah. No, we don't. No. God's the one who gives grace. We just get to receive it. Mm-hmm. You receive a free gift, not grace to give out to others. Right. Now, we're supposed to be gracious to one another. I get that. But the grace that's needed for salvation, that's God. That's all God. And it's His grace. And we've cheapened it. Yeah. In the church today, we're cheapening God's grace, acting like we're in charge of it. Yeah. No, we're not. We're not. It's God's grace. And so I, I would love to be able to recommend your church to an unbeliever to go to. Right. Why? Because I know you're not going to cheapen grace. I know you're going to tell them the truth. Yeah. And you're not going to care about, not to say I don't care, but you're not going to let culture change your heart and your mind on what Scripture says. Right. We pastors cannot allow that to happen. Yeah. If we do, the church will be just worthless. God will leave that kind of church. 
the two elements, and and we'll deal with uh, the other one here. Uh, I don't know how I got on that. That wasn't discipleship necessarily, but I think it is. No, it's 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 prima facie. It's what it is. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of elements to discipleship. You've mentioned one, and I want to deal with that towards the end of the program, and that is prayer. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the other one is this notion that it's not a formula. It's not a program. It's not a set time. It's a relationship. It is, and it's lifelong. Yes. You know, it, I think you have to, we have to be careful. Okay. Now, the relationship you're talking about is the one with Christ. Right. Okay. Plus, I think there's the human relationship where we, we learn from others. You get the most. You're, what I'm hearing you say is the best discipleship that's going on are in these small groups where it's, it's just a handful of folks. It's manageable. They're breaking bread together. They're meeting outside of a Sunday right. experience. Well, and there's, it's amazing how those that are in those groups being discipled are serving Yes. They, they can't wait to get here to serve. Right. And so, you know, I, I think I said this last time, but I'm going to repeat it because there's no telling who listened last time is not listening now or that is right. listening right. now. My, my wife is in a small group here at the church, and um, I, my small group kind of becomes worship ministry. So I end up ministering to that group. Right. And so she's not in my worship, our worship ministries. And so she's doing another small group on, an, on another night, and um, she fell back in October and did a trimalleolar fracture of her ankle. So she broke it in three places, couldn't walk, couldn't put any weight on it for like eight weeks after Ouch. surgery, all that. And so, yeah, and we went through that together, and, and I think that just bonded us even closer. And so, but here's the interesting thing. She had just started going to this class in September, and they'd met like three times. Yeah. Now, they they know each other. We've been in the same church for a long time, so they know each other. So we're she's in this class, though, but... Every person that was in that class, I, I think every person that was in that class, in some form, either sent her a card, sent her yeah. flowers, brought her, us a meal. I mean, every one of them did I think that. Women are far better at discipleship than men. Oh, I, that aspect. Well, unless of it for you can sure. get them on, a, unless you can get them on like a golf course, or yeah. And they might, and they might be better there too. <laughs> they might be better. You never know. They might not hit the ball as far, but they'll there, be better scores. There are emotional, relational contexts within discipleship that would lend itself to uh, a, the, a woman. Because face it, you and I, men, we're we're pretty much logic driven. Absolutely, and Absolutely. and women Completely tend to agree. be more uh, emotional driven. Yeah. So that said, this whole deal of of discipleship then becomes quite organic, doesn't it? It does, and I think if you look at how Christ discipled the disciples, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> you know, right? As you look at that, um, there was no six week course. No, it was not a twelve-week course. It was a three and a half year course. It was a three and a half year course, and it was and it was until he died. Yeah, so it was until his death he was discipling. And once he ascended into heaven, and after Pentecost, then he, then he sent up again. Well, then he sent the Comforter, <laughs> exactly the Helper, yeah. to disciple them forever. <laughs> exactly. And, and guess what? We have him in us. So here we are. Right. It, it continues to this day. It's crazy. It is, and uh, it's crazy that we have to take another break. But we do. We've got to pay some bills, keep the lights on. We'll uh, do that and come back and continue this Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. And now, from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. 
And we're back. It's Lifeline. I'm Andy Froyland. Our guest host tonight is Pastor Larry Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules, our Truth For Today edition of Lifeline. You can catch Truth For Today Monday through Friday, 5.30 in the morning. Great way to get the day started. Of course, Sunday mornings at 8.30. Uh, if you're looking for something just to kind of put you over the edge, you know, Spurgeon always said that if you stoke the fire up really good Saturday night, it takes just but a quick fan to flame it back in. Sunday morning, and he meant that spiritually. So if you're needing a little help getting that fire stoked up again on a Sunday morning, might I suggest uh, Truth For Today, Sunday mornings at 830 as you're making your way to worship. What a great way to get the day rolling, you know, it really is. We are talking about discipleship, and we kind of left off with the notion that uh, this is predominantly an organic thing. I have found, I don't know about you, Larry, but I have found that I don't realize I'm discipling somebody until it's been a few years. And you kind of look back and go, oh, that's what that is. I thought it was just friendship. It it, it really is uh, a relational thing, this idea of discipleship, isn't it? It is. I I think that, that, you know what's kind of fun about what you just said is you didn't even know you were doing it. Like, yeah. It wasn't like this intentional, okay, i got to disciple this guy. Yeah, yeah. No, hey, you know what? You're kind of a young guy in the Lord. Let's hang out. Let's go have yeah. coffee together. Let's go do this. Let's go do that. And if you're, I don't know, like with you and me, Andy, when every time we're together, it seems like the Word of God kind of comes up. It just kind of happens, happens, right? Yeah. And so I think, you know, I always look at discipleship as that um, you, it's just like serving. Discipleship is a form of serving, right? Mm-hmm. You're a servant. You're just being a servant. But you're being a servant not only for the Lord, but also for the people that you're working with, right? Yeah. And so I look at it like that, and I think of I think of Christ's example of, um, you're going to have to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Right. I mean, denying yourself, take up your cross. And, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing that I used to think of that, well, you got to just carry a cross? What's that about? Well, I think it is over in Galatians, or no, is it Galatians or... Ephesians now I can't remember right now. I think it's Galatians two twenty where he says deny yourself. You know he, yeah. he, he says you've been crucified with Christ already. I, you know I no longer live. I no longer live for myself. Self. Right. Yeah. And so I look at that, but I think of that that passage where he says take up your cross. I'm like, I think he's saying you got to have a cross with you so you can crucify yourself all the time. Mm-hmm. Because he said to die to yourself so that he can live in you. Right. You got to yeah. die to you right. and live for him. And that's discipleship. That's self-discipleship almost when you think about it. Right. But I'm like, but I had a lot of men tell me that in my life too. Yeah. Right. And so I am so thankful for the men that have been in my life that were discipling me. And I did, hey, and I didn't even know they were discipling me. And and I've had it where I've had people come up, and I think you probably have too, and say, hey, you know, you said this thing one time and it just changed my life. And you're like, yeah, yeah. And I don't really? remember. I don't remember, I don't remember where yeah. we were when yeah. that happened, even or what I said necessarily. Right. But it's. I think it's. Um, there was a, a deal that we said on when we because f- four weeks prior to us starting this discipleship, we'd done a four week thing about serving. Right. Yeah, and that's why I said I think discipleship and serving are so. It's like the hand in glove, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so because if you're discipling, you've decided to serve. Milk so that's and peaches. Kinda, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, cream and peaches. Cream and yeah. Well, that sounds Ooh, good. Actually, I'm ready. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I can eat that. I can. Um, but I think when you when you look at that, you think, hey. Um, I've been discipling and and just I've been obedient. Yeah, you know, and I think it's um, 
We said in serving, and I think it's the same in discipleship, we, we made this statement from the pulpit. It's not about the act of doing something. It's the act of being someone. something or being someone. Yeah. Like I'm being a servant. Right. I'm being a discipler. I, and if I'm being that, I'm going to do it. Not, oh, I've, I've got to do this, and then I can check that off. Right. Oh, I checked that box off. I discipled somebody. No. Hmm. No, no. I want to, that's who I need to become. And that is, a, I think that's a, a challenge that we face. We, we tend to think that discipleship is this thing we've got to do. It's a program, and so we incorporate it as a program. And all of a sudden, we have taken something that has been commanded by the Lord to everybody, and we've relegated it to the realm of spiritual gifts. And so now here's a uh, here's a program to do. Who wants to do this program? And I'm thinking, oh, that's not my gift, or I'm not called to that. We've given our congregation the ability to make the choice of yes or no with this, and it's not something that we get to choose. If, I, if I'm to quote the book of Hebrews, we are to consider how we are to spur one another on in love and good deeds. That's the call to discipleship, isn't it? And it, it is, is and it is. For everybody. Yeah. Everybody. I, well, hey, discipleship, the first part of discipleship is obedience. Yes. You got to obey. I mean, it's, and we're back to that. Deny yourself. Do what I ask you to do. And, and then here's the part that I think people are missing out on. All right. So we'd have to give up myself. It's not an American thing, is it? No, it ain't. America says, no, you deserve more. Yeah. You got that guy down in Texas says, you got your best life now. Yeah. yeah. What a farce that is. Yeah. That's a farce. Your best life is not in this world. It's the one that's just not. Now, you can have a good life here. Obedience to God, all those things. and um, But I think the obedience factor is there. And you... When, when we start telling people they have a choice to do it or not to do it, and the Bible says they're supposed to do it. If God's commanded you, he hasn't got to yeah, convict you. Yeah. And when did we get in a position where we could tell you, oh, you don't have to do that? Yeah. No. No. Well, God said you have, but God says I have to. I, but he didn't really mean that. Oh, uh, come and, on. And, and the thing is, uh, Larry... For husbands and wives, we've probably been doing this. If we if we are lovers of Christ and we desire a godly marriage, then as a husband, part of my love of my wife is that I'm going to disciple her. She's Absolutely. discipling me. We're discipling our kids. It's already taking place in the home. What 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 precludes us from incorporating friends and living out the same thing? Yeah, I just think that. It's, it's interesting that people just, I think the big excuse that I hear on why people aren't doing these things is they're too busy. Yeah. And I'm of the take on that, that um, I think I've said it in the past to people when I've heard that, I say, well, I'll match my schedule to yours. Yeah. And let's just see, you know, are you, because everybody's busy. Yeah. But what are you accomplishing in the busyness is what I always want to know. Yeah. And how vital is that? Busy? Yeah. What's and, you know, I get it. I understand people with kids and, you know, you're the you're the Uber driver for your family, you know, for your kids to get places and do things and do all that. And I'm like, but I think you can carve out enough time to disciple somebody to serve. I don't I don't think I think it's unreasonable to say there's a reason I don't have to serve. Yeah. 
just unreasonable. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, from the beginning of your salvation, God had an idea for you to do something. Yeah. I think if I look at Ephesians 2 correctly. I think that's what he's saying. Yeah. There's something about workmanship. Yeah, workmanship, and he's something. got a work for you to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I don't know, Andy. There's, <laughs> he's got a work for you to do that I'm not, I can't do. Yes. I'm not designed to do the work. And that he's got for you to do, and you're not designed to do mine. Yours, exactly. You know, and um, so I, I think that that's the biggest key to me to why you are or are not discipling. Yeah, is you're just not obeying what God said to do. Right. And so I think, um, and I just, I, I've looked around. I just, I don't see any viable excuses of why we don't have to do it. Right. And it's, it's what God's plan was for us. How will they hear, even in evangelism, how will they hear if you don't tell them? Yeah. And you if know? you tell them if they're not sent. Right. You've been sent. You've There's been the command sent. back there, there in go. the Great Commission. Yeah. Go. Go. Make disciples. Go. Yes. And, you know, so here we go. Here we go. Yes. Now, I mentioned this uh, earlier, and uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to dive into this component of discipleship. The key to it is prayer. Yes. Huge. And we'll talk about that on the other side of this break. We do have to take another time out. We'll come back as Lifeline continues. And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. We're back, Lifeline. It is our Friday, fourth Friday of the month edition of Lifeline, our Truth For Today edition. Pastor Larry Howard from Valley Bible Church in Hercules, our guest here tonight. Well, guest host, I'm just the moderator. But we've been discussing a couple of things, uh, things that are rather, well, they're swirling around here at Valley Bible Church in Hercules. So on that note, by the way, just as an aside, you ever wonder what's going on at Valley Bible Church in Hercules? Well, tonight's been a great example. We're right in the middle of a, a series on discipleship, so we've been talking about that. You've got a, a retreat coming up for the, the worship teams here at Valley Bible Church. So, you know, you show up uh, this coming Lord's Day. You're going to be the recipient of the outcome and the outworking of that retreat that the worship team is going on. You're going to learn about the holiness of God, and you're going to be led into a, a worship with that goal in mind. So, yeah. And then you're going to dive into discipleship, which we've been discussing here. In fact, I think Tim is going to be uh, in the pulpit this weekend. Yep. Um, key to all of that, and we touched on this ever so briefly, uh, just as we dove into the topic of discipleship, the key to all of this, effective discipleship, and and, and I, I say that, the thing is, the key to everything, <laughs> yeah. not just discipleship, but every other aspect of our life in Christ is that of prayer. And that's an important part, especially with discipleship uniquely. Yeah, I think that um, one of the, I mean, think about being a brand new believer, you can think back, Andy, when you first met the Lord. Um, there's a real good chance you had no idea how to pray. Mm-hmm. I mean, just you just don't know. And um, I love it because it really is as simple as just having a conversation with God. 
And um, we can kind of convolute that if we're not really careful. Right. You know, and when you pray as a pastor, you know, they ask you to pray over a meal. You're trying to think of all the things you might say and all what of that. What kind of sermon you know? can I incorporate you know, kind of, into yeah. this prayer? <laughs> I, just, I was just given a, we had a lady that was praying over some new moms. And um, it, it was Pastor Todd's wife, Rhonda. And I was giving her a bad time. I said, man, you had like a three-point prayer that you were doing there, you know. <laughs> and she was like, I did? I go, no, I'm just teasing with you. I just, I'm, it's, it's kind of fun. But, yeah, I think that, the, you know, we, we say around here, and I, I don't know where the saying came from. I think I read it in a book one time. And Phil uh, Howard, uh, I think he maybe alluded to this statement but what we do is we we want to say that we inhale the word so in breathing we're inhaling the word and right. I'm exhaling in prayer right I'm, I'm breathing in the word and exhaling back in prayer and um but equally important in my mind yeah you yeah. know it's equally important like imagine if you will one is no more important than the other, and they're no. both equally vital. They are. And so I think your Christian life only goes as far as your prayer life and your word life. Yeah. It's only going to go that far. I don't care who's mentoring you. Yeah. You've got to do the things still, right? It's that, right. It's that statement of, um, I can't do it for you, but if I'm the one mentoring you, I will stand on the sideline with a megaphone and let you know you can do this because yeah. the one that's in you is greater than anything else. Right. And if you will succumb to his desires, mm-hmm. you will find life like you've never known it before. Yeah. You'll understand why you're actually here. Yeah. That's what I believe. So I, I think I kind of look at that that way. And I think prayer is so vital. Um, you have needs in this life that God says, I will meet your needs, but you've got to ask for them. Um, in discipleship, as if I'm discipling, if I'm being discipled, I'm praying for the one that's discipling me, mm-hmm. for one. And I hope that they're praying for me. If they're not, they're not a very good disciple right. in my mind. Um, I happen to know for sure a lot of the men in my life that discipled me, I know they were praying for me. I just know it, you know. And then I know that for me to be effective in discipling, I need to be praying for whoever it is that the Lord has put in my pathway to disciple. And that's the incredible part of this. God is in charge of all of this. Yeah, He's the sovereign God. He knows exactly who Andy Froyland is going to be discipling. He knows exactly who Larry Howard is supposed to be discipling. And so my job is to get in prayer with the Lord and make sure that I'm prepared and prepped and asking for his help in that. Right. And um, I think that, you know, there's this wonderful thing that I heard um, Dr. Tony Evans do on prayer. And um, he says, you know, in order to grow plants, grass, fruit trees, whatever, in your yard, if you design that from the beginning, you bought a brand new home, you have this fresh palette, you're going to go out there and the first thing you're going to do is put a sprinkler system in. Mm-hmm. And you're going to design where everything's going to go and you're going to put drip lines and that whole thing out there. You're going to yeah. do all of that. And because you want green grass, you want yeah. fruit trees to grow fruit, you know, yeah. that type of thing. And he says, and then you bring all of those lines back and they have these things called solenoids that open and shut the valves mm-hmm. to let the water go or not go. Yeah. And you put them on the solenoids and you do all of that stuff. And now, boy, you're ready. You plant everything. But you forget to connect the power to the solenoids that opens up the water that lets it get to the fruit, 
tree and to the grass and everything starts dying nothing grows because you forgot about your power source mm-hmm. and he related that to your power source is prayer yeah. in the Christian life you want fruit but you don't pray you want green grass but you don't pray yeah you've not connected to the power source so and and then of course Andy we both know what kind of relationship can you have with the one you're following mm-hmm. if you never talk to him yeah it doesn't work I know all about you, but I've never talked to you. Yeah, yeah. No, you don't know me at all. No, you don't. You know about me, but you don't know, you know me. me. Right. And Christ wants to be known. I believe He wants what His desire is that Him and His. I mean, He came to the earth. Why? So He can reveal the Father to us. Right. So it's like they want to be known. They've designed it to be known. Yeah. And now you don't even talk to them. Right. How? Yeah. I mean, you're just going to know about them. Instead of knowing them in the way that they they desire the relationship, they desire it. Yeah. Remember, I said earlier that I think the holiness of God pursues us more than we pursue His holiness. Oh, He's definitely. always in pursuit, yeah. and um, you know, and thankfully He is. He's that kind of a dad. Yeah. You know, the hound of heaven doesn't stop simply because he he, he locked us in with the the canines of, of saving grace. No, no, that's the beginning of fun. Yeah, that's yeah. the beginning of life, right there. And, and I, I, hey, thankfully, yeah. thankfully, he never gives up on us. No, he doesn't. You know, but I think prayer. Oh my goodness, it's a it's a subject matter we could spend the whole the whole two hours today on just prayer because I love it so much. But I, I've just found that to be so true. I'm like, if you're discipling or wanting, hey, Andy, I want I'll challenge you. And I know this is a, in a very satirical way, okay, so everybody understands it. I want you to preach this week without praying. Yeah, come, oh, you're uh, funny. I want you to come to the pulpit and represent God without talking to him about it first. No way. Right. No. Uh-uh. I mean, I... Um, for, for most, I, I, I will say this. Um, <clears throat> from a pastoral perspective... For me, looking at the text and coming up with an outline and a, and a potential sermon is easy. Usually I can get it done in a day or two. Right. It's the prayer that goes in after. I, That's I, the real work. The, the the sermon is tip of the iceberg. The prayer is the the whole week. I mean yeah. that's the that's the that's underneath the the waterline. Yeah, I don't preach again until. Three Sundays from now, mm-hmm. I'll be up again, and I will. I'm I'm starting to pray about it now because I'm finalizing up the discipleship deal and asking our people to sign up for small groups if they've never been in one. Right. Please get in one. We want we want to disciple you. Please let us do what God commanded us to do. Right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, you know, I so. had a, a, my pastor years ago proctored me when I did some uh, correspondence courses from Wales. And I watched him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. He would try and visit at least 25 members of the congregation, which is a congregation of about 300. That's a lot of people. That's a lot, but it, was, it wasn't it was an intensive. It was like a quick cup of coffee. Let me show up at the workplace. How are you doing? He wanted to get eyes on. 
Right. But he said, by Wednesday, I had an idea as to where the, the congregation was spiritually. And then I knew how to pray so as to get to the text I've got in front of me and right. use it for right. them. Boy, I, I, I've never forgot that. And, and so that's huge. It is. That's it huge. really is. It, it really changes how you go about discipling, especially, like you said at the beginning, from the pulpit. Another time out. Okay. I'm sorry. No, I know. You, 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 you're taking that deep breath like, okay. Just getting so, started. Real quick. We're going to take a quick time out. I'm going to let Larry loose here in just a couple of minutes. Stay with us. Lifeline, Pastor Larry Howard on our Truth For Today edition. And now from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland. And we are back. It's Lifeline with Pastor Larry Howard and myself, Andy Froyland. We are coming to the end of all this. You, you, you're rare, you're fired up here. <laughs> We're well, talking about discipleship and how it comes out from the pulpit's perspective, which is really quite unique, isn't it? It is. I, I think that... You know, we were you were just talking about um, the guy that kind of mentored you at the first, right. and and how um, he wanted to get a feel for who the people were, and he would visit them and do that. And um, that's one of the things I think that it's very interesting for me. Um, I think a guy that's that's a guest speaker in your church, mm-hmm. like if I have somebody coming to speak right. on behalf of Valley Bible Church. Um, they're going to be somebody we know more than likely for sure. I mean, right. that's, and we're going to know who they are. I always will try and tell them where I think our people are at. Yes, because otherwise we're doing him not to mention, not to say that God can't have right. him preach a sermon that would be wonderful and that. But I always feel like if we just get up and preach a sermon and we don't speak to the need of the congregation, right. we've given them more information, but maybe not a resolution to their issues. Right. right. And so, and the word of God, is always going to achieve its purpose. Yeah. It always will. But I still think we're as pastors and people that are in the pulpit, we do a we're disservice. We, yeah, we're, we're not doing our responsibility if we can't apply right. it in their lives. And so, um, because you know, we're not, we're not, uh, we're not in Israel. No. We're not in Jerusalem. We're not in the Holy Land, per se. Right. Uh, we're in another area of the world. So there's a lot of things that are different. But the Word of God is always going to be the same and what it means. But I just think, man, prayer, in my, in my, my perspective on it is, I was told and read it in, I think Jay Adams had it on the purpose of preaching. I think is what it was called. He talks about an equal amount of time in prayer as you do in the study. Right. You know, if you can equalize those two things, um, now he's, you know, and, and Phil, you know, back to Pastor Phil again, told me the same thing. He said, if you spend an equal amount of time praying as you do studying, then you're going to be ready. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the reality of it. And And here's the deal. The more it seems like I have done that, um, it seems like. This might be wrong, not a lot of times, but some of those times, all of a sudden I'm in the pulpit preaching. Now, I've studied, but I have my notes down of what I'm going to talk about. Right. And all of a sudden, you're talking about something that's not in your notes. It's something you studied. It's true. It's still truthful. You have the Word of God to back it up. But all of a sudden, you find yourself, and like, how did I get here? 
You are surrendered and submitted to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And the reason is because you've learned to surrender yourself through prayer, which is that that is exactly what prayer is. You're, it's simply saying, I can't, you can, I'm unable, you are, I trust you. So let's talk about this. Show me how to do this. I, I tell this story about um, before I even became a pastor. I was leading, I was an elder in this church, and um, through several circumstances of God moving around my life and changing, I became a pastor. But I was leading prayer times. And so I remember, you know, up, and I would pray about that, just like you would about a sermon, almost, hey, I'm, I'm going to have five to ten minutes before the church talking about prayer and inviting them to pray. And right. so you, you know, it was almost like a little mini sermonette type thing that you had an opportunity and an exhortation. And uh, I remember praying, Lord, I just want to see you really do something this week, man. You just use me to really, yeah, just really use me, you know. And I, so two services here, we have the nine o'clock and the 11 o'clock. So nine o'clock service comes, that prayer time comes up. I go up, I do it. And I'm like, I don't know, that you know, just didn't feel like it did much. Right. And um, so second service, I'm like, well, okay, we still got the second service, Lord. You can come through on the second service, right? <laughs> so I do, and I think I read, I forget what I read, Psalms 103 or something maybe about, I, I can't remember now for sure what I, you know, about him showing up whenever you're in trouble, all the mm-hmm. different kinds of trouble you can get into. I think that's 103 there. But anyway, so I'm, you know, I'd done that. I read a little bit of that, and I, we prayed, and it was it was good. You know, it was good. But here's the thing: there's here's I, I was driving home after that service, and I'm like, well, man, that didn't go like I thought it would go. You know, and as I'm driving, I started thinking of all the people who had come up to me after that both services, talking about prayer time was incredible today. It just blessed my socks off of me. That type of stuff. We say that kind of thing right mm-hmm. here. Bless the socks off of us. Right, right. And, and I'm like, I remember driving home going, well, Lord, I guess that didn't, you know, just didn't work. And then I started thinking about all those people. And, you know, and, and if you ever see somebody driving down the road in a truck laughing at themselves and to themselves, it's probably me. Yeah. And I started laughing. I go, well, Lord, you know what? You absolutely answered the prayer I asked for. The things I asked for in the prayer, you absolutely did. Yeah. It just wasn't the way I thought it was going to be. Right. I was expecting that I would feel something different or whatever. And then, Doves flying yeah, and, and angels whiffing by. And yeah. in the reality of it, the response of the people said, it was exactly what we needed. That passage was incredible. I ran into another pastor who was in seminary. He's a pastor today. He wasn't then. Right. But he was in seminary at the time, and he was in our service that day. I ran into him at like... Walmart or Target or something, and he comes up to me, Larry, Larry, and I go, he goes, hey, you didn't reference the passage, you just read it. What was that passage you read? And I just walked away smiling. I'm like, okay, Lord, I see the picture. Because sometimes we ask for things and God answers it differently than we thought, but he still answers. Right. And sometimes the answer is no, of course, as you know. But, But I think that you can't, if you don't pray, you're going out with an empty gun. You are. And that's not just pulpit. That's discipling. That's if you're teaching a Bible study and you haven't prayed about it, can God still use you? Absolutely, he can. Yeah. But the effectiveness of you is dependent, in my mind, on how much you pray. Yeah. And so um, God will still use it because he can, if he can use an ass. Hello. You know, yep. sorry to say that on the radio. No. no. Oh, no. He can I'm, use the donkey, right? Oh, yeah. And so I'm like, you know what? If he can do that. 
and and get results and he can surely use me but i want to i still want to have the relationship to say hey lord i knew exactly what to say because we've been talking this whole time there it is and and that's the heart of it there's a a sense of discernment you're struggling to try and figure out how to minister to this friend that's come into your life and you want to be a blessing to them and they're struggling well there's only one way you're going to figure out what they need and how they need it and that's going to go to the author of the guy who, who the, the, the very one who created them. designed them, them yeah, yeah exactly you know? he knows so exactly what they need he does yeah. and and then at the at the next level then you as a discipler are also encouraging this person as you come alongside them you know hey let me pray for you yeah absolutely and, 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 and uh, I know you and I are on the same page on this you know never ever ever say I'll pray for you no I'll no pray. say let me yeah. pray for you let's now. do it right now let's right do it now. right now absolutely because you know what happens there Andy when you do that then because if I say I will pray for you and then I walk away and I'll forget about it but if I actually pray for you I'll remember it the next time I'm praying exactly and then you'll you'll come up maybe for a while in my prayers because of that yes you know? and um and so and then I'm like hey guys if you want to be a true disciple of the Lord you got to have a relationship with him. You do. You, in other you words, so do. In other words, I can't ask you to follow me if I'm not following him. Exactly. You know. Exactly. And and if and if you do follow me and I'm not following him, we're both in trouble. Oh Lord, help us. <laughs> you know. So to, man, to quote that great philosopher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> rut row. But, yeah, rut row is right. Like man, we're in trouble at that yeah. point. So because I remember, uh, I remember because listen, prayer drove me to study the word more Mm -hmm. because I'd have people come and say, Hey, can you pray for me? Yes. And I'd say, yeah, what's going on? They tell me what's going on. I'm like, man, I, I'm all I can do is pray for you because I don't know what else to tell you. Right. But that drove me to the word of God so I could help give them an answer along with praying for them. Right. And that's not an arrogance there at all. I'm like, no, I want to know where to point you at in Scripture as I pray for you. So I don't leave you just, okay, we prayed, and that's good. That's what we're supposed to do. Right. Um, ever interceding for one another, praying without ceasing, you right. know, all of those things we've been commanded to do. And I, I'm challenged by Christ's prayer life. Yeah. I'm following him. Look how much he prayed. Yes. And got away by himself to do it. All the time. Well, brother, we are speaking of all the time. We are out of time. So Can't be possible. It is. I mean, we've we've spent every time we do this. It feels like it went by really fast, Andy. Way too fast. Way so too fast. one of these days we'll have to just barricade ourselves in the radio station and <laughs> spend over. five or six Take hours. So, yeah, exactly. Friend, no. thank you so much for joining us today. Yes, it is did. always a delight to be able to sit around and gossip about Jesus and talk about things that matter in the kingdom, and have you in our audience to listen in and be encouraged by it. We trust and pray you have uh pastor larry as always thank you treat thank Thank you you so much my treat too and for our engineer miles thank you sir for running all those buttons and making all those lights look pretty like it's always christmas (laughs) take care folks we'll see you next month at the same time do it all over again and craig will be back next week
opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.